In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, so we are now going to talk about you are not the arbiter of your patient's time. What do you mean by that, Nicole? So many things. We mean so many things. But let me remind you that if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast or anything, this is a part. Wait, hold on. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, you need to go back to the beginning. I mean, go back. Seriously. You started episode one. This is You should not dive in here because you're going to get some opinions here that are going <laughs> to... You're going to be like, who the hell is this person? Yep. Shock and dismay <laughs> you. But yeah, hopefully, if you've been through everything with us, if you're still still listening... You are following along and you're at least paying attention with an open mind. Right. Perfect. So you are not the arbiter of your patient's time. Now, we talk about that in a lot of different ways. A lot of different contexts. Actually, I feel like this was the one that has like a super big like variety of ways that we can look at this. I want to start off with one that has been an issue around our clinic and I'm sure is an issue around a lot of other places. But what about the patient who consistently shows up 10 minutes late? Yeah. Like, okay. What do you mean, okay? Isn't that disrespectful? It is surely not disrespectful. To me, it's just like, sure, come late. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care. Why does it bother you so much, right? Why does it bug you so much if someone's consistently late? Now, don't get me wrong. I have full-on conversations with people about this. Like, why do you come in 10 minutes late? In fact, the person today that comes in chronically 10 minutes late actually called today that she was going to be 10 minutes late. And I teased her when she came in. She was like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm like, you're late this much every time. Why today did you decide to call me? Right. In fact, (laughs) you should really only call us if you're planning on being on time. Yeah, I was like, if we're talking about inconsistencies, why don't you call us when we're like, I am good to go today. I'm going to be here right Right at 11. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing, right? It's like not a big deal. I don't care. What I do care about is that you're something about that means that you're like not valuing your full appointment time. You're still paying me that much money. So... I mean, there's no reason to take that personally. And one of our therapists has grown a lot in this way, right? It used to be like a personal affront to her if someone came in late. And we had like conversations about that. I was like, why do you feel so personally attacked, right? And we found out that she has like 
she is super punctual. So she feels like everyone should be punctual. And how is it that someone isn't punctual? It's like, yeah, like our patients aren't perfect. You're not perfect in other ways. You're perfect on time, but you're sure as shit not perfect on any other things. Well, I'm not perfect on certain areas. I go over all the time with my patients. I have a problem with that. Like we can talk about that, but at well, the end how many of, the day, of us over schedule our days? It was actually really interesting with all this COVID stuff is all of a sudden people who had been chronically late started showing up on time. And you realize, yeah, it's a lot easier when you're not dropping your kid off at school and when you're not trying to do this and fit in these three different things beforehand. When the only thing you have to do is your PT appointment. Yeah, you're more likely to be on time. Traffic and there's a lot, (laughs) Right. right? There's a lot of other variables that have now been eliminated with COVID. So if we want to talk about like, hey, let's talk about one or two positives of COVID other than the complete destruction of our American society. Like, okay, we can at least talk about now that patient, there's less traffic and people have like honed in on like, oh, I'm the only time I'm going out is this PT appointment. Therefore I'm on time. Right. But it's not, but the point there is that it wasn't that they were personally like disrespecting you because they weren't being on time before is what they were just trying to cram in too many things. So I, I mean, questions that you can ask people are like, Oh, would there be a better time for you? 11 o'clock seems like really tough for you to get here on time. Well, Sometimes it up. might be. Yeah. Sometimes it might be actually, it's really tough for me because I drop my kids off at 10 30 and I, I rely on the line at the school to be perfect before I get here on time. And if it's not right, which is normally not, it's not a perfect world, then yeah, we're going to have a hard time. So cool. Maybe you want to schedule at 12. Can Wait, we do that? So let me disentangle some of that for a second for some of our listeners. So at the same time, you're not taking it personally that they are late. You are absolutely calling that on me. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Okay, so What's, explain, why is that so weird to you? Explain that dichotomy to me. So it's it's not personal. You get that there's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives, that traffic happens, that life happens, but at the same time, you're not just going to let that pass that they're right. 15 minutes late to their appointment. Dude, to me, that is just as objective of information as their range of motion and external rotation is 40 degrees instead of 45. Like it's just information on what do I need to do to intervene in that parameter in order to get the most out of their visits, period. That's it. It's just more information. So, I don't know what else to say about that. So how do you, add, so practically speaking, let me, let me, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who don't really feel super comfortable calling people out, right? How do you ask that question? So, so-and-so, has a 10 o'clock appointment, they show up at 10, 15, three weeks in a row. Like, what's your go-to there? I mean, it kind of depends, but like, because most of the time someone, it's not like they don't know that they're late. (laughs) That's true, right? Right? It's not like you're telling them the first time. And then they're usually saying something about, oh my gosh, so sorry. (laughs) And instead of being like, that's okay, just being like, oh, what happened today? What happened today? Right. Okay. Oh, my so-and-so. Oh, well, how, what happened last week? Is that the same thing? Oh, is it? Because what I'm trying to find out, right, is it I'm just gathering information? I'm not being a dick. I'm just trying to gather information. Right. I'm just like, is it is it this time or is it that you're not like 
being a good like judge of traffic or like what is happening? All I'm trying to do is gather information. That's all you're doing with your questioning. Gather information until you hear a consistent theme either every single time of those three times it's oh well oh gosh today it was one thing today it was another thing today it was another thing well that's like three different times when you've been like exactly 15 minutes late so right that's the other thing is it variable within the 15 minute ranges or all the things that i think about it we have one patient that is very consistently 14 minutes late every fucking time that takes some skill that is not variability in her schedule. So That's not variability in traffic. It's actually yeah. amazing consistency. So I asked her multiple times, what is up with that? What were you doing for those 14, 14 minutes? minutes? Oh, and sometimes you'd be like, even just observe, oh, yeah. you're 14 minutes late again. Oh my gosh, is this a theme? Are you going to come 14 minutes late next time too? Let's see. Yep, 14. It's like, do we need to tell you that your appointment time is 14 minutes earlier? It's at 10.59 or whatever. Like math, I can't do math, but whatever. Like, I don't know what we need to do. But you call them out on their shit. I don't get it. But bottom line, okay, so you're not not getting a personal way. No, just like in in an objective measure way. Just like it would be like, oh, you have 10 degrees of internal rotation. Oh, geez. Like that's significant. They're coming 15 minutes late. That's significant. It's just an objective measure of where they're at, either in their life or in their physical body, like period. So to take it personally seems really dumb to me. Like I don't, oh, they're late. It's not a personal front on me. Oh, you're not valuing your PT session. It's like, and so? Like, this doesn't mean that I'm less of a PT because you're not going to come on time. That seems to be quite pompous, actually, to be like, oh, you're not going to come on time and value every single second that you can get from me. I'm so amazing. You should want to be there every single time. That's not what it's like. But reality, I mean, reality is like they should, right? Some of these people have been waiting two months for an appointment and they show up 20 minutes late to their appointment. Inconsistency. I'm always talking about... What are they saying they're doing and what are they actually doing, right? On their symptom intensity scale, on their pain intensity scale, are they a 9 out of 10 and yet it's it's a 2 out of 10 symptom bother? Like, that's a disconnect. To me, it's just a disconnect. It's just more information to maybe have a conversation about. Or sometimes I don't say anything. I act like it's no big deal. And then see if it happens again. Like, we don't have to call people out on their shit every single minute. You just want to see, is this a pattern or is it a one-time thing? Well, one of our favorite patients, I, I will never forget this line. This is my favorite line I've heard in four years of answering phones or being at the front desk. She walks in 10 minutes late and she goes, I'm sorry I'm late. It's just kind of who I am right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so freaking rad. She's and like, was, it's just kind of who I am right now. And That's I love so, so much honesty. about that, yeah, that that whole situation, right? There's like hope in it, right? Because it's it's not permanent. It's just a temporary thing. It's, but it's it's just who I am at this moment. And really, frankly, you guys, honestly, God, that is so perfect because we are seeing people at some of the hardest junctures in their life. 
at some of the most scary times in their life, whether they actually admit it or not, that's undercurrent of if there's something wrong with your bowel, bladder, sexual function, or pelvic stability, like that's a big deal. Whether they're acting like it's a big deal or not, it's a big deal. And so it's just who they are right now. That's it. And so this isn't necessarily just about coming late or no showing. It's another thing that's like a big thing. Like, oh, how dare you no show? It's so terrible. It's like charge them the money. Ask them why. Period. There should never be a time when your person has no showed and you don't say anything about it. That's a big deal. But it's not a big deal because it's like personally like, oh, you don't value my time. It's just like, what happened? How did you have that scheduled? And then you didn't. I had an acupuncture appointment that I completely no-showed to the other week. I was going through one of the craziest, the, the, the pelvic PT huddle that I was talking about, you guys, where I'm like, I'm feeling completely inadequate. I'm super stressed out. Like, we don't know how to do any of our job being business owners. Like, that was going on. I no-showed an acupuncture appointment. Does that mean that I disrespected the acupuncturist that I have? No, I just fucked up because I have too much going on. And like, if that chick would have said to me, like, or been like acted like it was a personal, like affront to them, I would have been like, fuck you. I'm going to go see the other acupuncturist down the street. Right. You know? But so instead do that. Right. But it's like, there's this like dichotomy again of holding two things in your mind at the same time, right? Where we, Hold people responsible for that. So, like, Nicole's response to that was like, yeah, charge me whatever Please you need to charge me. me. And, in fact, they haven't charged me yet. I'm going to go in there and be like, I would feel better if you charge me a no-show fee. Right. Seriously, I screwed up. Period. That Period. would make me feel better. Right. We need to get square on this because I respect your time. I want you to respect my time. Like, all of this is built on mutual, mutual respect. Mutual trust and respect. And we talk about that all the time at the clinic. And it's like, yeah, you know. At the point where we call you out and we say, hey, you you late canceled, you no-showed, you pay your fee, we're square again. We're not holding that over your head. That's not, you're not a bad patient. You have to understand and respect that and go forward. But it's not, there's no judgment there. We're not holding that over you for the rest of your sessions here. Like, that, that is what it is. Like, hey, call us. I, I mean, I've gotten that call so many times and it's, it's so honest and refreshing. Like, Hey, I fucked up. I put the time in wrong. I messed this up. My kid had a whatever, like, Hey, no worries at all. What will get you in next time? Like, great. It's, it's the people who are, you know, throwing out excuse after excuse after excuse that we have a little bit of an issue with, but right, that's but we a don't respect have a pers- issue. Right. But we don't have a personal issue with them. It's just, it's strictly like yeah. business and, and this might not be the time for you to be in public. Right. This, and we say that and guess what we get? Oh no, 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 no. Do you need me to hold my credit card? Right. That gets their attention. Like, but the thing is, it's like, we're not the arbiter of their time. So if they don't, if it's not the right time for them, then cool. Like we need to say that it might not be the right time for you to commit to coming consistently to public physical therapy. And that's okay. Right. When it is, call us. We'll be happy to have you. But until that is it, then we're we, so we can still hold boundaries and hold things without 
you know, holding judgment. That's the thing, right? right? We can still hold our line and we can still hold our, our demand for respect without judging. And that's where I feel like it's different. All right. I want to take us to the bonus round, the lightning round here, where we're going to talk about a couple of the other things we discussed prior to this episode airing, but you're not the arbiter of your patient's time when it comes to drive time. Yeah. That we talked, we touched on this a little bit before on, you know, I feel like 25%, no, not I feel like we know that over 25% of our patients drive over an hour to see us. They pass multiple other public PT places, right? So while we can also say it's like, we're not the arbiter of their finances, we're not the arbiter of their when, when they've decided to trust us with their care, fine. Like that's all great. We're also not the arbiter of the time that they're spending in the car and like, Oh God, someone's driving an hour to see me. They must be nuts that I can't deal with that. It's like, no, if they want to drive an hour to see me, then great. If they're telling me that, Hey, I'm driving. We've had this too. I'm driving down from Los Angeles, which can be anywhere from an hour to three hours, depending on traffic. Right. Welcome to Southern California, guys. Right. So we can we've I've had people drive from West L.A. past a ton of pelvic PTs to our clinic and say, hey, I wanted to get an assessment from you, but I also want to know I can't do this every time. Right. Great. Do I take that personally? No, I don't know. I just be like, okay, cool. Like, here's my assessment. Here's some people that I feel like might be good for you along between here and there. Am I giving them someone geographically close to their location just because? No. I'm telling them who I think is a a good amount of distance away from them that might be shorter than me because that's what they're asking me for. If they said I'm willing to drive to you every week for an hour each way, okay, cool. Right. And this hour, how can we, like, maximize your time down here? Do we want to do a two-hour appointment? appointment? Do you want to spend the night and do two back-to-back appointments? We can work with all of that. 100%. And it's also that, like, I'm also clinically deciding is that, like, we touched on another, it, I forget which one, Did we talk, finances, maybe, or when their win is, whatever. We talked about it before where I was like, you know, if it's clinically a thing where that's really not recommended or we see that they consistently flare with, you know, coming multiple times and, sitting in a car and then they undo all the things that we do and all of that stuff that all plays a part. But like at the end of the day, like who am I to say what they're valuing at that point? So drive time, whatever. Well, and we talked about this a little bit with a physician who used to refer to you and we still see people from, from her practice, but it was always her philosophy. Oh, right. This person that she would refer to somebody who was within 10 or 15 minutes drive time of where she was referring to. And yet when this physician had a personal problem, she was willing to drive 45 minutes to get treated by Nicole and her team. And man, I mean, that is such a dichotomy of what you're saying, because really what that physician is saying to her patients, right? If you really had to honestly speak what you believed is, hey, patient X, there is an amazing clinic. The only clinic locally that I would trust with my own personal care, and they are 45 minutes away from you. 
and I would give them an A+. They are great. They see people from all over the country. They are going to go on to write books and be named Physical Therapist of the Year and okay, all this sort of okay, stuff. Okay. Or there's somebody who is 15 minutes away from you who is a C- physical therapist. And they're going to strap you up to a biofeedback machine regardless of what you are experiencing. And they're going to go through their protocols and they're going to do all this stuff. And I personally would never go and see them, but they are closer to you. What would that patient do if you gave them that summary, which is really what she thinks, but instead she is acting as the arbiter of their time and saying, you know what? It is not worth it for you to drive an extra 25 minutes to a place that truly specializes in what you do. Yeah. And like, that's some bullshit. Honestly, which I called her out on. I was like, you do know (laughs) that when you're coming to us, you don't send 100% of your patients here. So what's going on? She was like, Nicole, like it's the system. I was like, I mean the system, right? Right. I I mean, whatever. I grilled her. Don't act like I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's the thing though. It's like, when you act like the arbiter of your patient's time, it's like you're putting your value judgment on projected onto the patient. And so whether that is drive time, whether that is an out of town program that we have, right? Like that's a whole nother discussion. Um, times per week that someone says how long it takes to get better. Like all of that is not, we're just giving facts. We should give the clinical honesty opinion of what we think and then let them decide what they want to do. And I want to hit the out of town program for a second at the very end of this, because I know this is a little bit of a different conversation, right? But all of our out of town program participants start with a remote consultation. Hmm? And we're going through and we're seeing what they've tried before, what they have locally, And ideally, we're being able to help them improve where they are, right, where we're able to give them an idea, uh, an action plan and say, hey, you need to find this person, this person, this person locally. And a fair number of them say, I can swing it financially. It's going to be tight, but I can swing it. I can come out and I can see you for two, three, four weeks. What do you think with that? And that's, that's like a hard thing to answer. Right. But we have to like give them our honest clinical opinion. hundred percent. And like, but here's the thing. Well, all we can say is what we can provide. And then if it's, if it's this time thing, again, like listening to the previous podcast on the financial, financial situation, it's like, we're not the arbiter of that. All we can say is what they and be honest about what we they will get in the one, two, or three or four week program that we have. Period. And if they say, yes, pelvic sanity, it's worth X amount of dollars for me to do that. It's worth X amount of time out of my, you know, work schedule for me to do that, then great. And then we have an exchange and they exchange us money for our expertise and deliverables on what we're pretty clear about. So I feel like it's all comes back to communication, clear communication and clinical honesty. 
done. And it's not about, oh shit, this person's coming for three weeks and oh God, what am I going to do for them? They shouldn't have to do that. It's like, yeah, no shit. I shouldn't have a robust thriving out of town program. I shouldn't have a robust thriving remote consultation program. It just shouldn't if we did, we wouldn't have a podcast. Right? That's the whole point. But here's the thing we do. And so all I can do is say to them, let me see what your clinical picture looks like. Let me see you in person, right? Let me give you what I think. That's all I can say. That's all I can do. And then. And we're incredibly upfront with people. I mean, I would say probably. I don't know. What do you think it is? Two thirds of our remote consultations, maybe more. You're saying, hey, oh, not the right. Th- yeah. You're not the right fit. Yeah. You need to try a bunch of stuff in your 100%. hometown first. We need to try A, B, C, and D. And then if we exhaust all of that, then yeah, six months later, give me a call about our out of town program. Yeah. But that's not our first recourse. No, of course not. Shit. We would have a whole business just on that if we did that. But it's not the but it's not the right thing to do. It's not the honesty part. It's that, yeah, if you're coming to us from Northern California, like there's plenty of people up there that you need to exhaust first to see if they can do your thing. And then if if that doesn't if work, then work, then here. sure, then like get my opinion. Yeah. That's all it is, right? But we can't be the judge of well. They shouldn't travel that far. They shouldn't drive that far. They shouldn't have to come that many times a week. It's like. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, like all of that. Yeah, in a perfect world, that might be a thing. It's not. Guess what? We're not the arbiter of the patient's time and where they spend their money. And hey, here is the value if you decide to come out here for an out-of-town program. Here's what we're going to provide. Here's how that works. It's just an exchange. It's a two-way street. It's a, I give you money for this, you give me this for that. And guess what we're not doing? We're not promising symptom resolution, right? So at that point, they're 100% confident that the time to come out to travel to us, the time that it takes to drive to us, the time that it takes to come twice a week or whatever the time component is, it's going to be an exchange of value that the patient deems appropriate. That's it. You give me money, I give you value. Done. And if a person doesn't think that that's valuable enough, then they won't pay me and then they won't see them. It's like not a big deal. Either way, like we just can't take things personally in this. And that's what we want you to like leave with is that you're not the arbiter of your patient's time. The time that they spend with you, around you, anything like that, it's not your job to judge what they should or shouldn't be doing. It's your job to tell them what you recommend based on your assessment, based on your clinical expertise, based on their symptom presentation, what you can provide. That's it. And then if they want to decide to spend their time with you and therefore your money, see the last podcast, then great. Then we have a great two-way extreme exchange. That's it. Ah, that is the truth. So at the conclusion, guys, you are not the arbiter of your patient's time. And I hope this has elucidated the different ways that that is the case we really hope we keep this conversation going if you have questions please let us know and let's continue to rise